politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to guard anew our life, our liberty, our property, and our right to exist as human beings. If that is your agenda, well, this is your place. See our podcast, your host, Daniel Hurwitz, back here today, Thursday, the beginning of the new month of September. We are two-thirds through this year. And what started out as a year full of opportunity, a year where people were waking up, the virus attenuated, people didn't fear it anymore. They started to realize that it was dumb what was done to us, lockdowns, masks, and then even the vaccines. But still... Here we are with a squandered opportunity, an aimless, drifting and grifting, phony, click-servative movement that focuses on everything except for what actually matters. Uh, you know, if you guys missed yesterday's show with Whitney Webb, she really embodies uh, this new movement that we need, a kitchen table researcher mom uh, that understands the nexus between transhumanism and the war on Cash, centralized banking, food, fuel, healthcare, all of it, it all ties together the same players. We are literally fighting for our right to exist. Uh, you know, today, September 1st in 1775 was the date that King George rejected Dickinson's olive branch petition. And that was just over a few taxes. And they realized, no, now it's time to go to war next year. They declared independence. And here we are, and they are, like, getting inside our body, arsoning our food, fuel, and health care, blocking everything that we need to live, um, creating viruses, and we just kind of move on. Hey, you know, Oz versus Fetterman, the Pennsylvania Senate. What are you talking about? So it's, it's, it's a little bit bizarre. There's not much we can do other than stay focused ourselves and focus on our action items, which we're going to continue doing. Again, you can follow me at C19 Truth Bombs on uh, Telegram. My columns, uh, daily columns, are at Conservative Review or The Blaze. And then, of course, our book at TrialsAndExecution.com, Rise of the Fourth Reich, co-authored by Steve Dace myself. Um, first off, one thing you can do and, and probably the thing that I've found I was most successful at, more than anything in politics, is our advertisers. And these are not just advertisers. This is the solution of parallel economies where we have to move to small businesses, small patriotic American business owners versus the transhumanist cartel. We have to move towards more natural, God-made items than this inflammatory craziness we put in our body, on our body. And believe it or not, one opportunity you have to do that is with soap. We all need to clean ourselves. But, you know, it might look like a white soap bar, but they're not all created equal. I want to introduce you guys to QP Goat Soap. Okay, QPGoatSoap.com. That stands for Quinn Pittman. Who is Quinn? He's a 15-year-old entrepreneur ever since he was a young kid he wanted to own goats and make cheese well you know the cheese didn't work out so much for them but they started making goat soap all natural um people don't realize that when you know just like we've learned with medicines and with food you have inflammation you have 
allergies that it's creating. Soap is no different. Um, you have a lot of commercial soaps. They will dry out your skin. I know I have that problem very much, and it's annoying when I try to do TV and I have my skin peeling around my eyebrows um, because of the chemicals and the detergents they put in it. And by the way, most commercial soap companies split apart the cleanser part of the soap and the glycerin. So they get two products instead of one. It works for them, but it dries out your skin. And a lot of it is not even called soap. That's why technically they can't even call it that. If you go down the aisle in the grocery store where, where they sell this, they'll call it body bar, body wash, skin cleanser. Um, but what QP goat soap, what they sell is genuine soap. Um, literally a farming family in Volusia County with goats, uh, Quinn and his mom, Dana, they looked up some recipes one day, and boom, they started their own company. It is the most luscious experience. It is amazing. The smell is heavenly, and it's really healthy for your skin. They're a Christian homeschooling family that has been a longtime Blaze subscriber. So let's support our own and get the best product for the bang as you can. By the way, you know, you look at Zest and and Dove, they all support the transgender cartel, transhumanist cartel. So like every like everything, the main product lines uh, are against our values. This is literally, you know, a model American family that's into classical education, the Bible, hunting, fishing, living off the land. Um, so kudos to Quinn and and his mom Dana and and they're all involved. Eleven year old Grace wraps the soap. So instead of planning for four wasted years of college, Quinn is planning his business. It's it's just a truly amazing, amazing experience. So don't support the depraved cartel. Go to qpgoatsoap.com, promo code Daniel. So I want to start off today with a clip here from the German foreign minister, Annalena Barbach if I'm pronouncing that correctly, on how she will push Ukraine subsidies and measures and sanctions on Russia to the gates of hell, even to the point that her people will freeze in the winter. Take a listen. But if I give the promise to people in Ukraine, we stand with you as long as you need us then I want to deliver, no matter what my German voters think, but I want to deliver to the people of Ukraine. And this is why, for me, it's important to be always very frank and clear. And this means every measure I'm taking, I have to be clear that this holds on as long as Ukraine needs me. We are facing now a winter time where we will be challenged as democratic politicians. People will go on the street and say, we cannot pay our energy prices. And I will say, yes, I know, so we help you with social measures. But I don't want to say, okay, then we stop the sanctions against uh, Russia. We will stand with Ukraine, and this means the sanction will stay also in wintertime, even if it gets really tough for po politicians. So, folks, you heard that. She made it very clear. She doesn't represent the Germans, even though she does. She represents Ukraine, which really is not even the Ukrainian people. It's the cartel. It's the transhumanists. And she will make sure that... This business of, of a scarcity of food and fuel, it is not that, okay, they're all into Ukraine and they're willing to allow this to occur as a bug of their plan. No, it's a feature. 
it's not a side effect. It's the main effect. It's the main course. That is the end to itself. What, what this is all about is abundance versus scarcity. That will determine liberty versus freedom. They want full control. As you learned in yesterday's show, they want to control our body, soul, mind, literally neurologically, and then certainly our ability to uh, you know, engage in banking and cash transactions and you know, live our lives unsurveilled, uncontrolled, unmonitored, drive cars, eat healthy food, eat protein. They don't want us wearing a mask except when we take it down we could eat bugs. Literally, there's a, a video of a kindergarten in Canada where the teacher did this. Yet He said, you all have to eat crickets now. And he passed out these packages of crickets while they were wearing masks. And that was the one time they were able, able to drop the mask. You could not have conjured up a living hell worse than, than what we're living in today. Okay? So what we're pushing with, the, with our book, The Rise of the Fourth Reich, it's not just about COVID, about punishing the perpetrators of the virus, of the vaccine, of the lockdowns and masking and the mandates and, and the surveillance state and the lack of health privacy, the violation of the Nuremberg Code of human rights. It's, that is the playbook of the Great Reset that they're going to use for every crisis from the money and the banking and food and fuel and every type of thing they're going to do. What is, what is that... Um, the recipe. What is the playbook? Okay? It is, you, cre- you, you have a man-made problem. You arson something. You create a virus. And then you say, look, it's an emergency. Do you want to die? You sow fear, hatred, shame. You have to make sacrifices. And now we're very groomed and primed to making those sacrifices. And here's what you're going to do. So they arson something. They blow up something, sometimes literally, to make it that now it's scarce. Healthcare is scarce. So they created a virus. They blocked the treatment, right? Remember what we had to go through with um, all these ways of trying to get people ivermectin and other things to get around their embargoes. They'll take the cheapest, most available medications, make them scarce, sometimes almost criminalize them. And then... What, what that scarcity does, they create the problem. They create scarcity in pursuing a solution to the problem that they created. And then that forces you, that boxes you into their fourth industrial revolution, transhumanism, fourth Reich, with no recourse. So you have to get a vaccine in order to live, in order to survive from the virus, even though it didn't protect you from the virus, but that was what we were told, and then to function in society. Rinse and repeat. That is what they're doing on food and fuel. Okay, that is what they're doing. They're already doing that. And it's the same players behind it, and we still haven't punished them. Remember, when the British crown started tightening its its control over the colonies, and, and again, it was not transhumanism and injecting them and shutting them down and masking them. It was a couple of taxes. But our founders understood you have to nip the shoots of arbitrary power in the bud. Sam Adams warned, he was writing in the Gazette, Boston Gazette in 1771, if we are voluntarily silent as the conspirators would have us be, it will be considered as an approbation of the change. 
That is where the conservative movement is today. They're silent. Oh, it was stupid. We shouldn't have done that. Let's move on. COVID's over. Whoa, COVID is not over. Everything they're doing on medical fascism is not over. But the point is, they're actually using the playbook for many other things. But first, even with with healthcare, we're, we're going through this eerie dynamic now. Where on the one hand, it's kind of out in the open more than ever that the vaccine is killing people. And and to a certain extent, the embargo on information has almost eased a little bit. And, you know, Steve, da- Steve Davis' theory is because they uh, they want to blame it on Trump, which, frankly, he rightfully deserves it because he embraced it even after he knew it was a problem to this very day. But the thing is... That's very interesting about this dynamic is at the same time, they're actually making it worse. So now they're going ahead based on eight blind mice approving another shot with even less backing behind it when the emergency is even less of a d- d- less defensible, right? And almost nobody is dying from severe COVID now with the Omicron variants. Okay, it's, it's really kind of, you know, over with in that sense. But they're pursuing even more. So they might even recognize, yeah, yeah, this killed some people. This caused some cancers. This caused some, you know, heart ailments. Yeah, you got to watch out. You don't get myocarditis. And then in the same breath, yeah, we're approving new ones. And then still, they'll look at you and I and keep the mandates. A lot of businesses still have it. Healthcare all has it. Military still has it, including on pregnant women. And they're tightening the noose even more on the flu shots and other things. They're going to come out with more based on the same technology. So you're going to have articles come out, even someone in the mainstream media. Yeah, the lipid nanoparticles are pro-inflammatory. The spike protein is a problem. Oh, hey, we have new mRNA spike protein LNP shots. What, huh? That's the Fourth Reich. So conservatives are like, ha, 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 you know, CDC is admitting it's wrong. Yeah, and in the same breath, they're actually stepping on the gas pedal. What are you going to do about it? What is it? Where is your interposition in the states to block this? Nowhere. Nowhere. But I want to get into how they are using the same playbook for energy and food because we haven't held those people accountable. We haven't brought them to justice. We haven't exposed their broader plot. And we haven't codified legally and politically in the states the constitutional rights to prevent governments from ever implementing emergency powers. So even if there's no other healthcare-related stuff, which there, there are, it's, it's getting worse, but putting that aside, there's many other avenues for which they're going to apply the same playbook, and why not? Why not? Okay? Now, one of the ways that they're able to do this is because they have the surveillance state in place. Government works hand-in-glove with the monopoly they created through the so-called private sector, which isn't private anymore because it's an arbitrarily created government monopoly to spy on everything you do. I'm just going to I'm going to shame you guys right now. If, if, if there's anyone who doesn't have a VPN on your device, it's just dumb. Yes, I am supporting masks right now, not the smelly diaper people put on their face, but on your computer. And the one I trust is ExpressVPN. Does it make sense that the same company who controls half of online retail also passively eavesdrops on your private conversations at home? Well, what about the idea that a single company controls 90% of internet searches, runs your email service, and gets to track everything you do on your smartphone? Okay, big tech is more powerful than any 
country. And that is how they're going to implement the Fourth Reich. Put a layer of protection between yourself and the fascists by going to expressvpn.com slash conservative to sign up for a VPN. It's simple to use. With a click of a button, you could get pretty much one, not, I mean, one tap of the button, you're going to get all your devices up to five for a family plan. That's what I did two years ago. And I, I, I'm ashamed to say I didn't do it earlier. Um, but when you run ExpressVPN on your device, the software hides your IP address. So it, it makes it much harder to trace. It, uh, it also encrypts 100% your internet data to keep you safe from hackers and eavesdroppers. And uh, folks, again, what I like about it most is I'm, I'm always terrified to introduce something new to my computer because I'm just so bad with tech. Um, but it's it's really it was really easy to use for me. A couple months ago, I actually found we had a device. We didn't really use it that much, but an iPad that did not have it on there. So we got that taken care of. Stop handing over your personal data to big tech monopolies um, that mine and sell your data. Protect yourself with the VPN I use and trust. Visit expressvpn.com slash conservative. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash conservative to get three extra months free. So... In preparation for Europe's self-imposed energy crisis, right? It's self-imposed. They shut down their um, energy. They shut down their coal, natural gas, oil. They arsoned it. And then they they kind of de facto went to war with Russia, which they became reliant on. And what you need to understand is That wasn't like, oh, man, we're so altruistically anti-Russia that we're even willing to suffer the ramifications of energy prices soaring, you know, in order to combat them. No, because as we see, Russia is better than ever and the West is losing. So it was never about that. And the whole the whole Ukrainian thing was orchestrated and it's 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 a fraud. It was about forcing people into the false dichotomy of accepting scarcity and their way of life or getting nothing. That was the goal. Meaning just like COVID fascism, the creation of the virus and the restrictions were all a means of getting to this transhumanism and the vaccine regime and the Great Reset. The purpose of Ukraine, which is why it was the next thing, literally in in the social media pics, the mask, The needle, the Ukrainian flag, it was the next current thing. It was to do to food and fuel what they just did to healthcare. Think about why they so viciously fought ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and every other thing to this very day. Think about why they did that. Because that would have broken that false dichotomy. Okay, well... You know, there's a virus, you happen to create it, but I don't need to do what you're doing because, first of all, your thing doesn't work and actually makes it worse, but we have a solution. Abundance. Abundance of healthcare is what we used to have. They made that scarce. What they did to treatment, hospital protocols, just obtaining outpatient, inpatient treatment, access to life-saving drugs, that's what they're doing with oil, natural gas, and coal. And nuclear, by the way. 
this is from a very important statement from Ravi Gurumurthy. He's the chief executive of Nesta, which is this NGO, but he's a former director of strategy at the UK's Department of Energy and Climate Change. He called on the UK government to impose COVID-style rationing of use of energy this coming winter. I want you to listen to this quote. I don't have the video here, um, but this was an interview he gave. The scale of the crisis now requires a COVID-style response. In months, the government created the infrastructure to roll out vaccines nationwide. We need a similar national campaign to help every household cut their gas use by 20%. Listen to that. This is not me talking. It sounds like me. I warned you of this, and he literally says it. He literally says that green energy and conservation, cutting off fossil fuels, is the new vaccine. Because fossil fuels are the ivermectin. This is, this is done by design. He goes on to say the government must provide further support to households to reduce the impact of the rising price caps and bills. So always socialism, throw more money, create more inflation to create even more scarcity, right? That's part of it. It's hinted in what he's saying. But the problem is getting worse and not going away. Subsidies are vital. But with a series of difficult winters ahead, hand-to-mouth policies are not enough. They are dead serious. And this is not just – this used to be some med professor wish list. They have the noose around their necks. This is actually going to happen because they created the arson. If we don't challenge this and we don't get red states to start just creating their own energy policies, which I've been calling for, screw the feds, we're going to be facing this. Obviously, Europe is always worse because they have even more scarcity, but they want that scarcity. But notice how this guy talked about COVID-style measures. Think about it. Think about it. If you, if, if the globe so easily went along with vaccine mandates covering your mouth in the 100-degree heat and staying home, you know, shutting down businesses, shutting down churches, it's not even a leap of the imagination to say, hey, you know, this com- com- coming winter, you're going to, you know, wear more blankets more sweaters, you know, you're going to have limited use of heat. That's, I mean, that's not nearly as bad. Okay? And then as we well know, this is not just Europe. California's grid operator put out a memo on Monday, some of you might have seen this in the news, that it's going to have to issue a series of emergency notifications and expects to call it all Californians for voluntary conservation via flex efforts over the long weekend. So, so this is for the, the, the excess heat. This is not the winter. This is right now. They're, they're having a heat wave. And they call upon them to set thermostats to 78 degrees or higher, avoid using large appliances, and avoid charging electric vehicles and turn off unnecessary lights. Now, for now, these ideas are voluntary, but as you well know, that's how the Fourth Reich works. That's how the grooming works. Now, I'm not the first to point this out. Others have noted this yesterday, the rich irony here, that last week California announced they're going to get rid of all normal cars by 2035. I'm wondering why they didn't say 2030, because that's the agenda, agenda 30. But 2035, 
they want everyone to have you know electric vehicles. And now they're turning around saying, hey, but then that uses electricity. No charging your electric vehicles. Because again, the this is a very important observation. It's not about even greed and cronyism and you know just desire to shift from this type of car to that type of car make you pay more money that's part of it but it's worse than that they want you to be using no form of car it's not just that they want inflation they want it more expensive they want scarcity to the point of net zero that's what they call it net zero they want nothing they want nuclear winter upon your freedoms your abundance there's nothing more that signifies american freedom more than any elsewhere in the country of families owning two three cars you know like like i did and many others do go all the way from maryland to florida screw the airlines and all their fascism there and the delays and everything we're just going to take our own destiny in our own hands the vast expanse of american territory and highways and cars they want that over with and they're going to get it if we don't have a focused party and movement, which we don't. That's the COVID dynamic, COVID-style measures. Remember, usually you have to exaggerate and say, well, if they do this, one day they might do something even crazier. They did the craziest thing imaginable. So everything else just flows like butter from there. That's what they did. They goaded the Ukrainian government into fighting Putin's demand in a way they knew was unsustainable. They're not going to hold the East and Crimea they already lost. They're not going to be able to join NATO. They could have simply just given into that. No, it wasn't about standing up for Ukraine and, and, and even about Putin, fighting Putin. It wasn't about that. It was about fighting their own citizens, as the German foreign minister mentioned. That's what it was all about. The same way, meaning, you know, just like you wouldn't shut down your own stuff precisely at a time when you're cutting off Russian imports, right? You wouldn't shut down your own food supply. Obviously, everyone knows that the Netherlands is the second largest food supplier to the world. They go after the Dutch farmers, and now every other European country is doing it. By the way, the protests are spreading. It's a very important movement, the farming freedom movement. Uh, but the point is, when we have a fertilizer shortage because of the stupid Russian embargo, and then because of the war, the price of wheat goes up in Ukraine, obviously, is the breadbasket of wheat. Why would you do that? Why would you do that if it was just about kind of fighting Russia and defending Ukraine? You would you would strengthen your hand against them by ramping up your production of food and fuel. No, because it's not about Russia. Just like with the virus, it wasn't about fighting the virus with mass lockdowns and the vaccine. Because then, A, they wouldn't have created the virus. And B, they wouldn't have blocked every treatment for it. No, they wanted people to die, which is why they created it, why they boxed out all of the proper solutions, and why they created stuff that didn't work, perpetually made people's immune system degraded, and then made the virus more pathogenic, more transmissible with viral immune escape, original antigenic sin, ADE. That's what it's all about. 
This is why Steve and I wrote the book. It's not even that COVID fascism and medical freedom and bodily autonomy are the most important things you can imagine. It's that that's the great reset. Everything else they are going to use is from that playbook. I'm not going to tell you, like we talked about yesterday, that transhumanism and this agenda was created in 2020. It was around for a lot longer. But that's when they went kinetic in a big way. Now, they've gone kinetic before, but in a subtle way that people didn't notice. Here, you couldn't miss it. They, they tested it out on the public. If we create such fear and panic, could we get them to do the most insane things and go along with it without a fight? And the answer was a resounding yes. And the answer two and a half years later still is a resounding yes. Because we haven't done what I lay out in the book, the, the 10 to 15 things we need to do at a state and county level to, to denude all governments of such power ever again, to, to erect firewalls around human rights, both public and private, because it's not private anymore, like we've talked about so much. They are doing this with food and fuel, and they're going to continue to do this. Okay? They want you to make a sacrifice. Okay, people were willing to this day to send their kids to school with a diaper in the 90-degree heat for eight hours a day, seven, eight hours a day. So again, it's not, it's not a, a leap to say you're going to have to set your thermostat at 78 for the air conditioning or you know 63 for heating. Um, not at all. But, but they're going to take this even further. There's a lot of examples I can give, but one that caught my eye was um, in the Sunday Times. This is a big paper. The lead eco-guru in the UK, James Bevan, he's the chief of the UK's environment agency. So he's like the head of the EPA equivalent. He said, so he, he talked about droughts and a shortage of water, which is another issue. Part of the solution will be to reprocess the water that results from sewage treatment and turn it back into drinking water. Perfectly safe and healthy, but not something many people fancy. We need to remember where it comes from. When we turn on the tap, what comes out started in a river lake or, or aquifer. The more we take, the more we train those sources and put stress on nature and wildlife. So he says, while it's unpopular, he's like, we have to think about drinking sewage. Dead serious. This is the top eco guy in government. It's not, again, some mad professor in some obscure department. Eating bugs for protein. Drinking sewage for water. Using bikes instead of cars. And that's when we're allowed out of our homes. Okay? This is where they're headed. And they have the blueprint, the, the legal ability, because we haven't blocked it, the lack of organized opposition to, to, to implement this stuff. Because again, the blueprint is, if you say, hey, you need to eat bugs, drink sewage, you can't use um, food and fuel that actually work and are safe and healthy, here's what you got to do. Everyone's going to be like, no, I ain't doing that. But what if they arson it and say, well... There's nothing left. What are you going to do? And they work together with the corporations to make that a reality. This is a big reason why I am no longer in favor of states cutting their state taxes further. I and mean, that's only if they're going to do righteous things. I think states need to be strong 
to start working on their own infrastructure to interpose. It's not going to happen on its own. Now, again, we need we need to, you know, take a take a chapter out of the book playbook of QP Goat Soap, the Quins in, in Florida, and people like that that are becoming independent and and you know this is really ideally what we need to do grow our own food and um you know vital products milk cheese meat but at a minimum we need to support the small businesses that do that and prop them up and find a way in state governments to reorient and and I am all for tilting the playing field away from the cartel to them because not that inherently we're for that, but in order to get to a free market, you have to restore what they did. Okay? You can't shut down small businesses for a year and then have all that money to go to the cartel and be like, oh, you know, it's a free market. No. I mean, we need to even the score. So these are all important items. Okay? We are subhuman. Eat bugs, drink sewage. That's what they, they, they literally mean this. I don't know how many examples we need to see. Hence, yesterday, the FDA approved a, 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 a vaccine based on mice. And then at the same time, what's fascinating is the West wallows in scarcity and experiments in transhumanism. Notice how China is always plowing ahead and doing the right thing. In August, China's coal-fired power generation reached a record 120 billion kilowatts per hour. They're planning to expand up to 150 gigawatts of new coal-fired power capacity from 2022 to 2025. Think about that. I want you to understand the arson that's taken place with coal. And again, there's there's really four. It's, it's, it's oil, coal, gas, and... Um, Nuclear, and they've arsoned all four. But um, America is the Saudi Arabia of coal. I mean, we're almost the Saudi Arabia of oil, too. But coal is, I mean, we, we could crush China. But yet, because of the war on coal, the price of thermal coal is now, you know, record high or close to record high. We should be able to flood the market with coal. But thanks to the war on coal production intensified through the climate communism, we have no hand to play as our government shuts off exports from Russia. Okay? At the end of the day, coal still accounts for 35% of global electricity. So there's the gas, but then there's the electricity. Okay, and that's that, that, this is the dirty little secret. Oh, gas is too high. Go to electric car. Yeah, but then you're going to have all that electricity you're going to need. Well, guess what powers that? It ain't your stupid wind farts. Europe gets 70% of its coal from Russia. So, you know, in many ways, the coal crisis is even worse than the oil crisis. And China stands to benefit. You know, because they're repackaging Russian coal and selling it to Europe. It's it's such a joke at at a premium. But um, they're, they're, they're setting record production... Uh, last year, China produced more than 4 billion metric tons of coal, more than seven times, more than seven times our production level. And it doesn't have to be that way. 
doesn't have to be that way. Our coal reserves are estimated at 254 trillion tons, much greater than the reserves of China and Russia. But we lock it off. Our production has been declining steadily since 2007. And they want to make make, uh, coal-fired plants extinct, and they're on their way to doing it. Um, And the UK, which is warning, the, the reason they're warning about no electricity is because they already decommissioned all their power plants by 2024. So they're pretty much done. So there you go. End, endless regulation, big, big bank divestments, and threats to shut down coal-fired plants altogether. Investment in coal has plummeted. Our electricity generation from coal power plants is down by nearly two-thirds since 2008. 250 coal plants cl- closed between 2010 and 2017, leaving us with just 240, less than a quarter of China's inventory. So we could have all the recoverable assets we want. Notice God's blessing of abundance and the satanic idols of scarcity. They make scarcity out of God's abundance. Look at our blessing. We have much more recoverable coal assets than China, yet we're producing one-seventh of their coal, and that's going down every year. Our our electrical power inventory is running between 85 and 90 million tons, just from eyeballing the charts here. That's down over pretty much about a third since 2020 and more than 50% since 2016, according to U.S. Energy Information Administration charts. As we all remember, in his first week of his presidency, Biden issued an order essentially shutting off all oil, gas, and coal leases on federal lands. Over 40% of coal production comes from federal lands, mainly in Wyoming and Montana. And that's where this land use issue is going to be huge. In states like Wyoming and Montana, they're red. They should be drilling anyway and say, screw you. This is where we need to head. According to the Institute for Energy Research, over the past 10 years, the UK decreased its coal generation by 95% and its natural gas generation by 35%, increasing wind generation by 635% and solar generation by 317%. So how's that working out for them? Well, it's actually working out just fine. They're not stupid. You think they think that, oh, you get rid of your coal, gas, and oil, and you put wind and solar, you're going to you know, have something very you know, safe and effective so to speak, no. They know it's, it's ineffective, and that's exactly why they're doing it. The same way they know the shots killed you and ivermectin cured you, which is exactly why one they criminalized and the other they didn't just make available and market but mandated. It's the same thing. Criminalize fossil fuels, mandate crap fuel because they want, they want you eating bugs and drinking sewage. That's what this is all about. In other words, the legacy of COVID lives on. What COVID taught us was that government was willing to block effective treatments in order to trap us into that false dichotomy of either dying or you know, taking their death shots. That's what they're going to do with energy. They understand that you cannot control a people where food, fuel, health care, 
are cheap and abundant. In order to obtain complete control, what do they need to do? Just like with lockdowns, they need to tap the gods of scarcity and say, well, it's not available. Sorry. Here's what you're going to have to do. I'll leave you with this quote from George Clinton. He was the first governor of New York. He was he was an anti-federalist. So he was against the um, Constitution. He was concerned about the consolidation of central power. And he was the third, no, I think he was the fourth vice president of the United States. He was VP. He warned during the New York Ratification Convention, July 1788, history does not furnish a single instance of a government once established voluntarily yielding up its powers to secure the rights and liberties of the people. So the fact that people could just walk away from COVID fascism on the right, too, as if nothing happened, is astounding to me. It's astounding how we don't put barriers to violations of human rights and limits on emergency powers and working to secure healthcare, energy, and food in red states. They're not talking about any of this. It's literally like another election year. It's bizarre. We're still debating abortion, guns, and taxes or something. It's just like, what are you talking about? None of that's going to matter if you don't deal with this. It's just so bizarre. And then, folks, just to demonstrate how it's not over with, even within healthcare. So we talked about food and fuel. This is from unheard.com. Good website. Park McDougald authored a piece. Next stop, mandatory flu vaccines. Early on in the pandemic, a handful of far-sighted critics warned that if Americans were to accept mass mandates, vaccine passports, and other restrictions to deal with COVID, there would be no way to re- resist the future efforts. Okay? Um, and he goes through the people who warned about that. And this is on Monday. The author, Jennifer Say, noted on Twitter that for the upcoming school year, the University of California, Berkeley, has an indoor mask requirement for everyone who has not received a flu vaccine. A flu vaccine. Johns Hopkins University requires flu vaccines for all students and staff. Cornell and Barnard College required them last year. Okay? So... There you go. This is not about the stated purpose. Oh, there's COVID. We just, it's a temporary thing. Oh, there's Ukraine. There's it. No, no. First of all, they created those events in order to get you where, the, where you are today. And the solution is the problem. And the problem is the solution. They, I mean, the government themselves admit that last year the flu vaccines had a 16% approval rating. Now, those of you who have been listening to this show the last year and a half understand if you see 16% approval rating, think negative 16%. Because when you have a leaky, non-sterilizing vaccine that, that's that ineffective, that's actually fake data, and it's really causing immune imprinting, original antigenic sin, and we now have a, tons of studies about that. 
I don't think the flu shot causes this number of cardiac and neurological issues, but it does likely weaken your immune system. There's a lot of studies on it depleting your T cells. Um, and there are problems. And now they're coming up with these new mRNA ones with lipid nanoparticles that are more pro-inflammatory. There's a lot of issues with that. You know, the blog, um, Archimedic, Archimedic's blog, um, Dr. A.H. Khan Syed, he notes something very interesting that um, there's a new preprint out talking about a new mRNA LNP formulation for the flu vaccine in mouse, in mouse models. And he noted a shocking thing. There's a shocking admission in the preprint that mice pre-exposed to mRNA LNPs can pass down the acquired immune traits to their offspring. Okay? What in the world does that mean? What in the world does that mean? By the second, fourth generation from the originally injected mice, the effect of the RNA injected via lipid nanoparticles is persistent, provided the original injection was in the maternal line. The RNA injected into the original mice was incorporated into the genome and the oocytes of the maternal line of mice. Okay, and he notes that we know the following events happen with LMP mRNA technology. A, we know that they're the biodistributions in the ovaries. We know that the LMP are transfectin agents and therefore will transfect any tissue in which they are biodistributed. And we know that it's reverse transcribed from RNA into DNA. Which means that now we know that biodistribution of LMP mRNAs to the ovaries results in transfection of oocytes that result in integration of cDNA into the progeny genome. In plain English, the LMP transports the mRNA to the ovaries, then to the eggs. And because of the reverse transcription, that same mRNA becomes integrated into the genetic material of the offspring, and their offspring and their offspring, well, on forever. Now, he goes on to discuss that he believes that they, they could then patent your offspring, literally, based on this. They own your offspring. And he believes, this is his conjecture here that that might be at the root of the patent fight between Moderna and Pfizer with both which both developed this but the point is the mRNA is a problem the LNPs are a problem and they're not stopping with COVID they're going to do it with the flu if you notice they, they want to make the flu like that as well why well I think we know why it's genocide it's population control it's transhumanism Changing DNA. This is no longer a conspiracy theory. This is plain proven in their own papers. It's now been proven. Where is the effort to put up, you know, regulatory barriers to this? Where is the effort to impose some sort of accountability and liability in the courts? Where's the effort from red states to impose their own approval process and to investigate and study this and call the red flags on it and recommend against it? 
as Florida has started to do. This is the new paradigm. It's not over. They're accelerating it. They just, while they're doing this, the broad day-to-day, minute-to-minute mandates on the majority of people, they, they relinquish with the mask and whatever because they, they want people rebelling as they intensify the next stage of this. But this is, you don't even have to imagine it. They're doing it. They're doing it on other aspects of healthcare, vaccines, pathogens, gain of function, and on food and fuel, and currency and banking, and many other things. And by the way, on that point, on that point, did you know that there's a, there's a new and important article out um, at the Epic Times. They've done some great work on this. Marina Zhang. Inflammatory mRNA nanoparticles inhibit and alter immune response. Preprint study. I'm just going to read a part of this here. The authors found that mice that received two doses had a reduced immune response on their second injection as compared to mice that only received one dose. The lipid nanoparticles vaccine platform induced long-term unexpected immunological changes affecting both adaptive immune responses and heterologous protection against infections. Mice that were injected with two doses of LMPs had a reduced number of innate, innate immune cells. We've talked about this before. How it's, they're, they're promising some sort of temporary supposed humoral response in exchange for tamping down your innate response. And as always, that's going to be more devastating to children who have more to lose and less to gain because they have a stronger innate immune system. So, you know, he go, goes through, she, she goes through the technicalities of this study. But the point is that it's not just the spike protein that's the problem. The LNPs are huge. LMPs cause inflammation, and certain inflammatory pathways reduce the production of blood cells. The authors speculated that the two doses of LMPs some mice received may have caused greater inflammation, leading to a decline in blood cell production and low um, neutrophil counts. Now, guys, you, you understand, without being a scientist, inflammation ain't good. Okay, inflammation is the source of everything. The autoimmune, um, heart inflammation, and obviously cancers. This is a big problem. This is what they're doing. And to an extent, this has already occurred even in the traditional platform of the flu vaccines. How much of the reduced immune systems and autoimmune are coming from that? Remember, like, they're bragging that now that, like, we don't need human trials anymore. We're just going to look at animal, like mice and see, oh, man, look at that juiced up antibody response. I'm like, wait a minute. that You have to try that out in the real world. Antibodies are not categorically good. You have autoantibodies. You can't cause, you know... The body's response, you always need the right level. You need a certain amount of inflammation. You get sick, you have a sore throat, runny nose, and and you know a certain degree of fever is good. It fights it. But what you don't want is a hyper-inflammatory response. And if you're going to tell me you're going to have all these unnaturally induced 
antibodies, and then in addition, you'll have pro-inflammatory LNPs delivering it. Holy smokes. It doesn't take a genius to realize that you're going to screw up civilization with that. And I hate to be the one to tell you this, but that's the point. I've seen enough to realize that you can't do this by accident. Now, it's not every doctor is like, I'm killing people. They're just a bunch of useful idiots that, that have their mouth to uh, the pipeline, the sewer of, um, of, of Big Pharma, just like someone who removes their toilet seat would stick their mouth on the, <laughs> the sewer line coming in there. Sorry to be disgusting, but that's what they're like. They're pathetic. A bunch of losers. But but at the top level, they know they're doing this. The Rockefeller Foundation, Gates, and 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 WEF, and and all these people behind that, and they're behind all of this. That's what it is. I'm not. I mean, AOC and Schumer and Pelosi, they don't really matter. It's Soros, Gates, Schwab, these type of people that matter, and they are not threatened one iota by anything Republicans are saying, doing, promising. Because it has nothing to do with anything. It's like you have a fire and you spray the extinguisher everywhere except for where the fire is. It's pathetic. So none of this legally, politically, scientifically, medically has been vetted out. Right? It's not even a matter of like, oh, you know, they could do this again. They are doing it currently. They're not stopping, and they don't plan to stop because why should they? There's one more Epic Times story I want to share with you. The other, the other point of this that we haven't yet um, ended, which is just the, the, the killing fields in the hospitals. You can't move on from that. that. That's why a big part of our book is on what happened in American hospitals with our Nuremberg trial and the need to reaffirm the Nuremberg Code. This is not okay. We need a patient bill of rights. We need a bunch of free market policies at a state level to shift the balance of power back towards independent practice from the cartel. Otherwise, it's not just COVID. You cannot get proper care for most ailments anymore. This is the ultimate pro-life issue. You can't avoid this. I mean, everyone at some point in life is going to have a problem, and you're going to need medical care. What are you going to do? After the death of her husband at the hand of what she believes to be a hospital protocols, Joanne... Early's life was uprooted in grief and confusion. She had to sell most of her belongings and their home in Oregon to move to Ohio, where today she scrambles to put the pieces together. One of, the, one, one of the things Early said, she is certain, they euthanized him, she told the Epic Times. I know that they did it. Greg Early was admitted to the hospital on September 22nd, 2021. Early was not allowed to stay with her husband, so she texted with him. It seemed like he was getting better, she said. And I hear so, so many of these stories we write about in the book until Greg reported that he hadn't been receiving hydration for a week. I think they are stopping taking care of me. So she called the doctor asking for basic fluids, vitamin D, C, zinc treatment. This doctor yelled at me saying, I don't know what research you're looking at, but we're not doing that. That's not what we do. Greg texted her that he was losing body mass rapidly. Please help me make sure there is a plan to get me out of here. Throughout his day, Greg reported that he was seeing less and less medical staff. On September 30th, Early said Greg made a 39-second call to the Tulatin, I don't know at a tall, I don't know how to pronounce that city in uh, uh, Oregon, but it was a police department. 
The next day, Early was told that Greg needed to be put on a ventilator or he would die. The same story. We said yes. We had to give him a chance. On October 1st, staff called to her to tell her that Greg needed protein. Since there were no protein drinks in the ICU, Early needed to go out and get one for him. With the National Guard at the front entrance, Early said she still wasn't allowed inside to leave it at the front desk. When she got home, she received a call from the hospital staff telling her there had been an emergency and that Greg needed to be ventilated immediately. That always happens. Um, on October 5th, hospital staff reported to her that the ventilator had stopped working and that they all needed to come and see him. And, you know, that's that's kind of where, where it was left. It's It's literally the same playbook. I don't understand... I, you're going to ask me, well, Daniel, how could every hospital chief of staff and ICU doctor be in on it? Or we're going to not hydrate them and we're going to create these subterfuges to, to, to create a self-fulfilling prophecy of deteriorating health when it should have easily gotten better. And I don't get the impression just from looking at the picture here, he was probably more middle-aged. I mean, these are not people in their 90s. A lot of people in their 50s and 60s um, – I mean, he doesn't look older than 55. He could be even younger, maybe even even 48. This happened to so many people. You needed, you know, anti-inflammatories, the proper dose of the proper steroids, obviously ivermectin with it, and, you know, the breathing treatments with the nebulized budesonide, several other things we could talk about, and the proper nutrition, hydration, vitamins, and, and certainly at that age, no one had to die especially those that appear to be getting better, that they weren't, like, crashing immediately. No reason for that. The starvation, the sedatives, the opioids, the premature ventilation. Always in the middle of the night, there was an emergency. I can't tell you how many times that happened. I don't, I don't understand how we could go on from this, and, and, and this is why I need your help. I need you guys to help me. By raising the prominence of our book, raising awareness, and also offering the solutions, Rise of the Fourth Reich, confronting COVID fascism with a new Nuremberg trial so that it never happens again. You could download the first chapter if you haven't done it. It's for free at trialsandexecution.com. So trials, plural, execution, singular. And you could order from there, either Amazon or, or Barnes & Noble, um, the pre-order when it comes out, the full book. I'm just terrified that everyone has let this go. And even among conservatives, oh, CDC is repudiated, they look like fools. No, they don't. I mean, they might look like fools, but in the eyes of whom? They're still getting away with it until you create those political and legal barriers where we supposedly have political power. They're going to keep doing it, and they are doing it, and they're accelerating it. And the more they're exposed, the more they do it. That's the new paradigm we live on. You think, oh, so it's over with, right? It's been exposed. The shots. No, they haven't even relinquished the mandates. And they're on to the next thing. And they're going to use that playbook for every other thing. Again, send this show to every one of your friends and relatives. If, 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 if you have a conservative author or talker who's not focusing on what matters, turn him off and turn to the right voices. We need a new movement, a new party a new focus, and that's what we're here for, a new agenda, because we have to confront their agenda, which is not what we're used to it being. It is something extremely dark and sinister, 
that is truly unthinkable, but we have to start thinking about it. Till tomorrow, God bless y'all, and thank you for listening.